Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is February 18th, 2022. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Andrew Nazri. And I'm Samantha Beltran. Hi, Andra. Hey, Samantha. What's going on? Yeah, so remember when I was telling you about ASMR like sometime a while back? Yeah, and, yeah. How, and how I don't see the appeal. Yeah, exactly. So um, I couldn't sleep this whole week, which is why <laughs> I was feeling a bit. <laughs> no, you have to let me finish and uh-huh, let okay. me make my case. Okay. But yeah, so what I do, like when I can't go to sleep, is I listen to ASMR videos on YouTube. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I, I plug my AirPods on, then it's there. And it's actually very therapeutic. Like, I fall asleep in, like, 30 minutes to an hour. And, yeah, so it's basically, you know, what, like, listening to, to YouTubers do all kinds of sensations, like, in your ear. Like, they make sounds and they whisper and 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 stuff and you know like they run their fingers through the mic and everything and i know i know it sounds weird but hear me out that that's still it not works. enticing sounding but why don't you try to win me over i'll give you 30 seconds you'll give me 30 seconds how about i win you over in 5 seconds <laughs> go on okay okay so are you ready Yeah, sure. So maybe some whispers will do it for you. So maybe. This is really <laughs> weird territory. But, but I'm going to allow you. I'm going to allow you to do your thing. Keep going. No, please, please, yeah. Give me five seconds to do it. <laughs> I can't even get through it. This is so fucking stupid. Okay. <laughs> no, come on. Don't disappoint our listeners. <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, I'm ready. Get ready. Samantha Beltran from Manila, podcaster slash ASMR artist. Baby, take my hand. I want you to be my husband. Because you're my Iron Man. And I love you 3,000. Huh? Huh? <laughs> that do it? What the fuck was no. that? <laughs> Did it? Did it do? Did it do anything? Yeah, no. <laughs> Fucking no! That was no. ridiculous. <laughs> you fall asleep to that okay, shit. Okay, so maybe I do. I do fall asleep to that shit. No judging. No judging on our quirks and interests. So while my my ASMR tricks might might not have done the trick, well, maybe this episode's guest might change your mind. I'm pretty sure she does way better version of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so as ridiculous as that was, thank you very much, Sam. Those words sounded familiar. Those lyrics sounded familiar. Was that a tease um, into who our guest for this week's Fresh Tunes Friday is? Yes, it is, actually. So today we are having for Fresh Tunes Friday mega hit Indonesian artist Stephanie Putri, who will be talking to us today about her new single, picture myself so definitely yep. it's something not every day we get a mega star in the in a coconuts podcast and you may very well know stephanie putri as the artist behind that really infectious tune um called <laughs> i love you 3000 yep that i just gave tribute to with my beautiful and effective asmr version of it <laughs> Yes, um, yet yeah, uh, unfortunately, that still didn't win me over as ASMR at all. Sorry. But we're having a great guest over anyway, so worth yeah. it. Yeah, but before okay. we go into that, regular programming calls for the top stories of the week from across <laughs> the coconut universe. From a man painting artwork with his pee-pee to alien worshippers in Bangkok... Coconuts TV brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region. Don't miss out. Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. 
So in Bangkok, Andra, do you remember when we talked about that Disney princess slash ASMR hot girl? <laughs> slash... Oh, this is the girl who inspired the whole um, debate, uh, the ongoing debate between us about ASMR. Exactly. Over exactly. The past few weeks. So we over the past few weeks, she did an ASMR thing. She's hot. She's on YouTube, and then we argued about the merits of whether her stuff was actually good. But anyway, so remember when she was being hounded over a leaked blowjob sex tape? So now, apparently, this content creator, Arisa Kwang Hongrun, who was slut-shamed far and wide after several sex tapes leaked, has unfortunately left Bangkok for the Netherlands, her friend confirmed. That's really hmm. sad. Yeah. Yes. I mean... Unless, unless of course she can't, she can't really call. It would be too hard for her to call Bangkok home. Um, you know what they say: home is where you, know, you make of it, right? No, exactly, exactly. And you know, apparently the the slut shaming and the whole controversy got so intense that you know she really had to leave. You know, pack her bags and move to another country and. So her friend, uh, a social media influencer by the name of Bel Kobsanam, said that um, this creator, who is also known as Dear Long, moved to Netherlands and won't return to Thailand uh, for a very long time, and she intends not to, not to fly back. So, yeah. yeah, that is really sad. So yeah, so so the friend said. Here. So she she wrote, this country is not suitable for my sister to the point that she had to fly to a better place and added that uh, she and the, the content creator had a promise to open up a marijuana shop in the Netherlands. So that's that makes for pretty interesting plans. But yeah, this is. Really I wonder if if they actually had like similar plans in Bangkok, but uh, had to. Oh, right. Because of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, there there isn't any information about that, but that does make sense given that uh, marijuana has been, you know, recently de facto been legalized over there. But it is sad, you know, that you are basically chased out of your own country because things got so bad. And I believe that she also has plans to change her name and yeah, basically her nationality to begin anew. And that's, that's kind of extreme, you know, like when you actually have to change your name just because it's been attached to something that's so extreme, but you know, I really hope that it works out for her. Uh, You know, maybe Netherlands would be a fresh start for sure. Yeah, in case um, some of our listeners aren't caught up with um, who she is, like we talked about her a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Um, so she was a, a quote-unquote Disney princess before she became an ASMR artist, before she became an OnlyFans star? Right, right. So she had gone through a lot of career transitions. So yeah, so when she joined Talents Got Talent in 2014, she was known because she was in, I believe she was in secondary school at the time. So she Mm. was very well known for like her Disney princess-like voice and her Disney songs. And then then she became an ASMR hot girl where she has like hundreds of thousands of fans listening to her whisper and (laughs) run her fingers over her mic and stuff. And then she suddenly moved over to OnlyFans where she started to sell racier content. So yeah, quite the transition. And then now she's moving to the Netherlands. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what she makes out of it. Are you thinking of uh, a career transition into becoming uh, an ASMR hot girl? Well, based on your very encouraging <laughs> reaction <laughs> earlier, I'm probably thinking that, <laughs> that that it's probably not in the cards for me. So I'm probably going to stick to to podcasting and writing as of the moment. Thank you very much, Andra. Good to hear. <laughs> that means you're not leaving me here alone. I'm never leaving you. Like, Aww. even if I end up opening like a like an ASMR account, I'll probably still be here whispering in your ear. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, that, that's so weird. I don't that's get so it. Still, weird. <laughs> <sighs> I'll, I'll send you a few links. Give it a shot. Maybe when you're when you're having trouble sleeping, maybe it'll change your mind, and then you can let me know. All right. In Bali, 
Sam, somebody got a wet welcome. Huh? Excuse me, what? <laughs> well, not not somebody like a whole ass plane was given a mm. water salute, and I'm talking about the first Singapore Airlines flight from Singapore, obviously, to land in Bali for the first time in nearly two years. That's since March 2020. Oh, that's a pretty so awesome. There was a, yeah, it was a, there was a huge deal surrounding this flight because it's it's carried the single most number of like international passengers in in, in two years into Bali. Um, as we've talked about pretty extensively of, over the past couple of weeks, um, in the, the Indonesian government uh, has relaunched um, international tourism in Bali in like in earnest, like uh, over the past couple of weeks right and so um yeah if you go on over to coconuts bali you will be able to see a video of the a flight sq938 touching down at murarai airport and given a water salute welcome and um yeah it's just really really some really hopeful images here for bali's economy which has obviously taken a huge hit um throughout the pandemic you know That looks pretty fun. Like, I mean, the actual image of the water salute as the plane does its touchdown on the on the tarmac. That's, that's pretty fun. So, yeah. Yay, Bali. Yeah. And apparently this flight um, is reportedly it's a it's a daily flight once a day from Singapore to Bali. So we're going to start seeing um, a lot more international tourists, foreigners in Bali. Yeah, they, they've been quite uncommon. Um, lately, uh, unusually so in Bali, because uh, usually, like before the pandemic, you'd see you'd be able to see Australians, um, tourists from China, like every every corner, you know. But right. it's been it's been quite quiet in Bali lately. But that's really promising. Like if you have like right now, it's carried about a hundred plus passengers and, and the flights are going to be daily so hopefully mm. we do get to see you know like tourism really revive in in bali so that is very exciting so would you yeah. know if they've oh wait no we talked about that last week like about about the whole quarantine situation like they've definitely loosened it up in bali correct yeah so what's happening is uh since bali wants to attract more um international tourists they're th- they're talking about more from japan and more from um, australia they're really really pushing for um uh quarantine free travel like for their exemption in bali um the governor of bali is is aiming for that to happen by march hopefully but this uh, for sure the central government is uh, reducing mandatory quarantine for for from five days to three days starting in March so that's not too long but under the condition that you have received your booster dose that's but then really there is promising. talk there is talk of um, uh, like no quarantine whatsoever uh, in Indonesia for arrivals in Indonesia in April. So that's something to look forward to as well for travelers. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think I told you that it's similar in the Philippines where they've recently lifted quarantine restrictions for visa-free travel countries. So if you don't require a visa to travel to the Philippines, you can come here and, yeah, like skip the quarantine, basically. So that's really exciting for Indonesia. And yeah, mm. if you guys, yeah. But on that though, um, logically speaking, that means, uh, say for example, you, if you were to travel abroad and go back home to the Philippines, you wouldn't have to quarantine. Yeah, that's right. So it involves returning Filipinos as well, provided, of course, that you are fully vaccinated. So that means having the two full doses and, of course, a booster if you have it. Yep. That sounds pretty pretty acceptable, I think, all around, except I'm guessing a couple of uh, anti-vax individuals 
probably gonna For be sure. all like ah oh, stop trampling on my rights exactly we want to travel but hey sorry you gotta get your booster first <laughs> and your vax so yeah guys if you want to see the plane from singapore airlines get that really splashy wet welcome head on over to coconuts.co and see the whole video so from that really you know positive news from bali so we go all the way to hong kong where unfortunately it seems that the the whole covid situation there isn't letting up so their mm. latest casualty is a 3-year-old girl who died after testing positive and the girl is now hong kong's youngest covid-19 related death so Yeah, so the hospital authority in Hong Kong said that she was transferred to the Hong Kong Children's Hospital Pediatric Intensive Care Unit in critical condition on Sunday, and then she eventually passed away the same day at um, at in the evening at 8:37 p.m. And there was another unfortunate um, pediatric patient that passed away from COVID. Um, it was a four-year-old boy who died last Friday. So yeah, so the The consultant at Princess Margaret Hospital, Mike Kwan, has been urging parents to get COVID-19 jabs for children over three. Uh, yeah, aside from, of course, the parents getting the, the vaccine themselves. Because the minimum age for the Sinovac vaccine was lowered to three to age three on Tuesday. So, mm. yeah, that, that is pretty pretty sad that they are experiencing these, these things uh, that Yeah, yeah, you know how people are saying Omicron is like the flu, but um, really it's to still a lot of people, it poses a serious, serious threat. Fatal in of some course. cases. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Because especially that you know, this variant, it's very highly transmissible. And you're factoring in, of course, children who obviously have, you know, weaker immune systems and the fact that not everybody has been able to get vaccinated for whatever reason, that does make it, you know, they it does pose bigger risks, like greater risks to them. Mm. Yeah, so our, our hearts really go out to to Hong Kong and, you know, these these deaths, hopefully, you know, the situation improves sooner than than later. Absolutely. And in more sad news, unfortunately, from our region, we have, um, uh, courtesy of Coconuts Jakarta, Indonesian trans icon Dorce Gamalama passes, passed away at the age of 58. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who Dorce uh, was, she was undoubtedly um, one of Indonesia's modern pioneers for trans visibility. She was... Supremely talented, multi-talented. She was a comedian. She hosted TV shows. She was also a musician. And unfortunately, she she passed away um, from COVID-19. Uh, her best friend confirmed. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, it's it's really it really hit a lot of Indonesians hard. A lot of us grew up on her uh, shows, on her uh, comedy skits, you know. She did a mm-hmm. lot to normalize um, trans people in Indonesia, even though, you know, over the past few years, there's been rising conservatism and, you know, she may have gained a lot more haters during that time. But right. uh, in the end, she's always she's always seen as this really respected vic- figure in Indonesia, despite of uh, what she was, you know. Like, that trans women aren't looked upon kindly in general in Indonesia. Would you say that ever since she became like very popular, has there been like a like a very noticeable change in how society in Indonesia views um, trans women and members of the LGBTQ community? I wouldn't say that her uh, depictions of her were perfect by any means right but mm-hmm. she you got to start somewhere is is what of i'm course. saying like you know how last week when we were talking about this so we said that um lgbtq people are the butt of jokes in in indonesian um 
pop culture, right? And I think that's the right. same goes with the Philippines and in Singapore and wherever and like in our region. Dorche mm-hmm. is in some ways like that, was like that, but the, the the fact that she was just, you know, she was there, she called attention to the fact that, you know, trans people are people too, that that was uh, what made her uh, pretty special. And she did not like mince her words or anything like that. She was who she was. She was who she was. She didn't hide anything, and she was celebrated because of that, mostly. No, absolutely. Like I get it. Like the depictions of her characters may not have been, as you say, perfect, but the fact that she was there and she was allowed to thrive and take a certain place in, you know, in in entertainment and society really i guess really spoke a lot so yeah I know, she paved the way yeah i mean i know that there was something about like a previous story about her wanting to get buried as a woman which would, would you know if there's any update on that and whether she, uh, her wishes yeah. would be granted yeah so sadly um what happened was um the religious authorities who took care of her funeral uh, eventually buried her as male. But a lot of her colleagues and other like transgender um, icons, they're all saying like, no matter what those people say, no matter what they bury you as, we know in spirit that you're a woman and that, that really, really got me, you know. Um, oh. That was really, that's a really beautiful sentiment. And I guess, um, it, yeah, I guess they're right. Yeah, I mean. Because you know, it's a legacy course. that matters. Exactly, exactly. And she might not have gotten everything that she wanted in the sense that she wasn't buried as a woman. But I guess it's what's important was that, you know, up until her last days was that, the people around her and you know the people that mattered to her the most recognized her for who she really was so yeah yeah, yeah. Rest, rest in, in love Jorge. yes Jorge. absolutely pretty young 58 mm. damn it covid okay so moving on from the covid story so here in manila the um, I, i'm i'm curious andra like is are exotic pets a thing in Indonesia? Like, is it something that's, you know, like something that's catching on? Exotic pets? Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right. Like, I, I have a cousin, for example. So right now he has a pretty wild collection. Like, I know he has like a tarantula and like a like a snake. And I think he probably, I know, like got another whatever exotic pet he has next. So apparently, so exotic pets are a thing in the Philippines, like in Manila. So it probably doesn't come as a surprise when, you know, environment authorities here seized, smuggled exotic ants that were placed in two. And it's not like, we're not talking about a handful. We're talking about like over 300, like 375 live black ants in particular that were shipped in two parcels that came from Poland. And they were sent. Yeah. What the hell are exotic ants? Like they're just ants? Huh? Uh, so it wasn't clear what um it, it wasn't clear what, what breed they were. Like the, the authorities never revealed what breed what yeah, what, what the breed or species rather of these ants were. But they do look different from the average ant, like they are bigger. And I guess, you know, rounder in a sense. They, they definitely don't look like, you know, the average ant that's probably climbing on the walls of of, of your backyard <laughs> or wherever. <laughs> but you would but yeah, probably have to you use like a microscope to uh, discern the differences, right? Because <laughs> I can imagine rocking up to this, to whoever buys uh, these ants, right? Imagine rocking up to their house and they go there, they go to us. That say, oh, check out my ant collection. Look how exotic. And I'm like looking at black dots. Or, yeah. or well, like it could be randomly crawling on you and then you'd kill it. And then it'd be like, no, like I paid X and X amount for that. I had it shipped. That was $2,000. I know, exactly, exactly. But yeah, so like that's 
pretty weird. Yeah, but if you see them, like, so they're placed in these specimen tubes. And then, of course, they had, like, some sort of solution, I guess, for them to be able to last throughout the um, throughout the trip. And remember, so, like, these were shipped in December and January, but the authorities only seized the parcels in February because they had, you know, they, they were unclaimed. They were unclaimed parcels at customs so of course that wow. got them you know like pretty suspicious yeah and then when they opened it like lo and behold there's like an entire i have no idea like like enough to make a really big colony for sure yeah well, so they're, they're pretty tough little bastards then i know those resilient little fuckers <laughs> 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 those resilient little fuckers but yeah i mean that's it's pretty it's pretty awesome no but yeah, so well, it's now with the authorities. I have no idea what they did with them. Uh, but yeah, they didn't carry any sort of you know wildlife import permit or any supporting document. So we have no idea, or at least I mean, there is no information as to um, who they were sent by and who was supposed to receive them. But yeah, so you know, it's I mean, of course, you understand why they are pretty antsy about the whole uh, illegal uh, wildlife uh, trade haha uh, <laughs> right right not bad right but yeah so not, they are pretty like yeah so they're, they're 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 pretty antsy about the whole illegal wildlife trade because i mean they do say they do say that covid did you know begin from 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 animals so from wildlife mm. animals so they're definitely being cautious about that because you know you never know like if these if these imports aren't properly documented, then you never know what kind of thing or what kind of risks they would pose to, you know, to the environment, to biodiversity, or even to people's health. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys. Biodiversity, especially, like, if uh, some of these ants, like, get out of their tubes and escape into the Filipino cities and whatnot, who knows, maybe in, like, a year or so, you'd have, like, attack of the exotic ants in Manila. I know, right? Story. That would be like, uh, well, if I'm alive <laughs> to cover that follow-up story <laughs> and not be like the victim of like some weird sci-fi movie. But yeah, guys, yeah. you know, um, be careful about what you import or what you keep as pets. <laughs> Buy them from <laughs> from freaking legal breeders or shit. Noted. Noted. Speaking of, that yeah. really brought us nicely to uh last but not least our story in singapore you singapore where the animal and veterinary service rescued 19 dogs from an unlicensed dog breeder and you can go over to coconut singapore and look how cute the little doggos are at their adorable faces i know <laughs> oh man so okay i'm what done happened was <laughs> what happened was the the authorities they received a tip from the public about an unnamed couple breeding and selling um corgis some of whom were puppies and shiba inu as well i think oh my god shiba inu are just so freaking adorable corgis too to be fair all dogs are adorable anyway exactly exactly sorry 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 to uh be so elitist with my views on dogs. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but, anyway. no, but Corgis and Shiba Inu are freaking... Like, look at those faces and look at those hairs. But yeah, mm, go ahead. Yeah. Regale us with your story. So, um, what's happening is... Uh, so, apparently that couple, they ran an unlicensed breeding operation. So, under Singaporean law... Those found guilty of keeping animals in captivity for sale without a license can be fined up to five thousand Singapore dollars, and that's around three thousand seven hundred US, and jailed for up to six months. Um, we don't have an update yet on as to it, whether or not the couple has been charged, but yeah, we'll see. I wanted to ask you though about your views on. Mm -hmm dog breeders like as a dog owner what do you think you know i mean i guess it goes without saying that here in the philippines like as much as you would love to crack down on them illegal breeders like they're everywhere 
you know, like authorities aren't going to be heavy handed in terms of, you know, really sort of um, <laughs> arresting these people or actually penalizing them for 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 selling animals. Uh, you know, definitely there are enough dogs that need love and attention. And, you know, here in the Philippines, you see a lot of them on the streets. So, you know, as much as I love to fawn over Cordis and Shiba Inu, I try to not be too discriminatory about the breeds. I mean, I find, I mean, to be honest, like I find dogs of different kinds of breeds very cute. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I would adopt and not shop a lot of, of animals if I could, but you know, I currently have like seven dogs at home as it is and a rescue cat. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah. What about you? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on the whole animal situation? I don't know. Like, I guess it's never the, the animal's fault, obviously, right? Um, but course. I'm just, I'm really uncomfortable about like uh, in Indonesia, a lot of them aren't kept in humane conditions um mm. and if you don't buy from them from these breeders then breeders won't have money to upkeep their facility you know and then the dogs suffer uh it's a vicious cycle but if you do buy you're kind of um uh, you know encouraging this practice right uh, and eventually the dogs suffer too it's it's a lose-lose situation but uh, like but what i'm really most uncomfortable about is like how um i don't know if you have that we have these in the philippines of people breeding like especially uh small dogs you know um that are really vulnerable to all sorts of uh, health conditions and those with um uh, life really 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 low uh, life expectancies but who may be cute and could probably fit in your purse no right exactly i mean that is the problem with you know designer breeds and you know trying to breed for very you know because you're trying to get certain features or you're trying to get you know certain looks from a dog i mean you know it, it really sets them up for very poor health conditions unfortunately because a lot of them tend yeah. to be sort of like deformations for dogs mm, okay. uh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really hard when you're set on what your dream dog or your dream puppy is supposed to look like. But, you know, like animals deserve like regardless of whether they're village dogs or if they're purebred, you know, they all deserve a, a loving home. So, yeah, guys, adopt. Yeah. Don't shop. Don't feed into breeders illegal business because, you know, puppies that don't get adopted or get bought really suffer. And you know it's not their fault they were brought into this world yeah poor things i hope they find good homes i know, the ones in I Singapore know. and you know like everywhere else everywhere else do we know what's gonna happen to the puppies they're so cute no not yet no it's a developing story yeah i hope they i hope they find good homes all right then as promised um by Sa sam's weird asmr take on <laughs> i love you 3000 by stephanie putri we are we recently caught up with the 88 rising superstar from indonesia um she was really she was kind enough to talk to us all the way from la uh where she talked to us about her new single picture myself and you know uh that and future plans as well as some indonesian food Spoiler alert, she's not doing any ASMR stuff in the interview, but <laughs> she was very. <laughs> you moved out the west and I moved to the city, made separate beds. But I still hold you in my chest when things aren't looking pretty, wishing you the best. But am I kidding myself? It's after Showing me her her challah bread. Have you heard of that? 
Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah so it's it's this braided jewish bread that she's been working on so she oh i'm cool. ready <laughs> i oh, wish we'd known that earlier i think that would have been <laughs> such a nice thing to weave into the the conversation <laughs> okay so today on fresh tunes friday so we have over an exciting guest today so here to talk about her new single picture myself is indonesian global pop star and 88 rising artist stephanie putri we're super super happy to meet you and welcome to the coconuts podcast thank you I'm happy hello <laughs> hello yeah so i think let's jump in you know um i know super exciting things ahead of you you have your new single out but i wanted to talk to you a bit about i love you 3000 and as you know it's been a massive hit you have over 500 million streams along with your AM, PM, EP. So now that you've broken through, do you feel the pressure to chase even more success or do you feel relieved to have made it and can now pursue artistic merits? I think I used to feel a lot of pressure, but now I'm just grateful for the opportunities that uh, it has given me. And I think I'm just like a lot more focused on trying to make good music that um, my supporters will like and that I will like. Did you expect the success, the massive global success of I Love You 3000 at all? No, not at all, because I, uh, I, it was very low, I don't know, everything I did was like low budget, low everything. I recorded it with my phone for the music video and like I put out like one Instagram post when it came out. I didn't really market it at all and it did uh, very well. So I don't know, I think it's, it's very interesting how, how it got attention. Well, let's talk about the now then, your new single, Picture of Myself. Um, you know, listening to it, it's, it's evokes kind of like feelings of nostalgia and romantic sacrifices, I believe. It's about long distance uh, a long-distance relationship. Is this like the kind of space you want to occupy in your, you know, future releases, uh, you know, going ahead now? Uh, de definitely with the vibe, you know, it's like very, it's, it's almost reminiscent with LV 3000. It's very simple and acoustic and, um, it's very lyric focused. And so that's definitely kind of more of the vibe I'm going for. I think before this project specifically, you can kind of hear, I'm still trying to figure out what kind of sound I want to make, but now I think I found it. On that note, um, how do you feel your music has changed or grown since the release of I Love You 3000? I think I'm a lot less concerned about, um, you know, like w whether this song will make new people be interested in my music, but rather I think I'm more interested in um, making music that I know is you know, my best work and that specifically my supporters uh, will like. So you have a sort of like creative liberty in your career already. Um, and um, on that you did, you also did the cover art for Picture Myself. So um, where did you draw inspiration for that? And, you know, how does it feel having that kind of creative liberty? Yeah, I think um, I've always been into art even before I did music. And it's really nice that I get to weave that into my music as well. Um, and for me, what I wanted to do was with this song, it felt very much like um, their words from a diary. And so I wanted it to look like doodles I created on my, um, you know, in my diary that accompanies the words. So really, really I personal stuff, eh? Exactly. I was about to say, like, super personal. And I love that you're able to inject that kind of, you know, like, that, like your personality and your soul into your music. So on that note, I like we know for Picture Myself that you're working with M. Phases, who's done stuff with artists like Madonna, Demi Lovato and Kilani. So could you tell us more about what was that like? And would you say that you identify musically with those artists? So, um, yeah, it was really great working with him because you always get kind of scared going into a, a studio with someone who's so successful. And, you know, I, I almost feel like, oh, gosh, do I deserve this? But he was so kind and humble and um, he was just really excited about music. And that was really nice um, for me because it kind of all my 
fears went away and so it was just nice to work on music with him and um i think what's cool about him is that he makes like so many different kinds of music that are so specific to the artist and so um yeah it's almost like if you see his discography there's so many different kinds of music but that's because he's really good at um pinpointing what this artist he's working with is good at yeah, I guess uh, talking about somebody you uh, you somebody else you worked with for this is the uh, is Eileen Yoon for the picture of myself music video. What what was that like, and like what did you attempt to capture for uh, in the uh, music video? Yeah, I was definitely really glad to work with her because um, I don't know. Even working with her, it felt like just hanging out with friends. It was very casual and. Um, I think she also did such an amazing job because usually when I do think about creating a music video, I always come in with my own ideas and my plans and my plan isn't always to find someone who will take my idea and run with it, but rather to have someone who will interpret it their own way because I always feel like it's a collaboration and I think she did such a great job, especially with, um, you know, I wanted to show like two different scenes and what she ended up doing was having that almost like dreamlike scene at in on the car and then um contrasting the walking around scene in new york i am dreaming about that heart-shaped new york pizza by the way it was really good <laughs> <laughs> it's good so what has the 88 rising experience been like for you so far i think it's incredible because it feels it feels really nice to be in a space where everybody, you know, also shares kind of that same cultural background. Um, and we all have this same goal of, you know, promoting um, Asian talent in the Western industry. And I think it just feels really good because every time there's someone new, it's like, oh, it's like more people that, um, you know, are representation for, for our community. and. I don't know, I feel very grateful that I get to be part of it. Oh, yeah. And um, one thing about 88 Rising is that, you know, they, the artists do often collaborate with each other. But do you have like a collaboration in the works or, uh, you know, or if like, do you have anybody in particular in mind who you would love to collaborate with? Yeah, I think they're all amazing. And I don't know, I'm still I'm, I'm very shy. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to um, work with a lot of them. I think, you know, I would like to highlight two people who are, I guess, like, they're quite new. Um, like Warren, he's also from Indonesia and he's super talented. And Ilona Garcia, she's mm. um, she has such an amazing voice. And I hope that, I don't know, maybe I could rewrite a song for them or work with them in some way. But yeah, no, I'm very shy, so I just kind oh. of like... We would really look forward to that. We would. Yeah. That's Indonesia and Philippines represent, for sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you did Head in the Clouds 2021 in November. Super exciting. So could you tell us more about what that experience was like? And do you have any more concerts planned? Yeah, so it was super fun, um, especially because I just enjoy watching concerts and it was really great to see all these people that i have been you know kind of waiting to see um i really liked keshi's performance that was great <laughs> um but also it was super nice to sing so it, i performed it way before picture myself came out and i was able to sing that and kind of gauge the audience and see how they felt about it and they seemed to like it so that made me really happy um, but yeah, I'm just really grateful that uh, we're able to kind of start performing again. And obviously, we're all trying to stay as safe as possible. But it does feel good that, um, you know, that it's like, I don't know, definitely sometimes we think in our heads like, oh, is this forever? Will I never be able to perform again? So it kind of shows that, no, it's not forever. As long as we're patient and we stay safe, we'll be okay. That sounds really optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, um, judging by that wall socket behind you, it looks like you're in the States at the moment. Is that, is oh, yeah. that correct? <laughs> yeah, I live here now. You live, you live in, do you live in LA or New York? Mm -hmm. LA, LA. LA. 
All right. Um, so um, how long has it been since, uh, you know, I'm, I'm representing Indonesia here. How long has it been mm-hmm. since you were in Indonesia? And is there anything about Indonesia that you missed? Yeah, so I moved back here in July of last year. So um, I've only been here maybe like six, seven months. I'm really bad at math, but I think about that long. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I also call with my family and friends a lot. So I don't feel as homesick. And there's a lot of really good Indonesian food here. Um, mm. And I play badminton with a bunch of Indonesian people here every week. <laughs> so it feels pretty, uh, I don't know, I feel I, I feel not that homesick because, you know, it's it's really nice now that a lot of, there's a lot of Indonesian um like things that I can do here. You say you here. say there's good Indonesian food there, but is there really decent um, martabak manis? Actually, yeah, I literally oh, just wow. bought one like two days ago, and it was um, pandan and keju, so it's pretty good. And I oh. usually don't go for cheese; I usually go for like chocolate. Um, but I was like, oh, I'll just try it. And it was actually really good. And the thing is, what you do is you, you have to go to a place that's like, like family run by an, in, like by an Indonesian family. Cause yeah, they know what's up. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally getting pandan martabak tonight. <laughs> no, <laughs> hang on, hang you on. need to. <laughs> oh yeah. As, as a non-Indonesian in this room here, could you explain briefly what this is? Cause I feel like I'm missing out on something super, super good. <laughs> um well let's see okay, tell me if i'm right but it's like so it's like a it's like a thick pancake ish mm-hmm. um but it's a lot more chewier and a lot more like buttery and oily and in the middle usually there's like a filling and i was saying how i had a cheese filling one but the um the dough itself was infused with pandan which i know mm-hmm. is also oh. in a lot of um yeah filipino food right so uh yeah it was really good and I don't know. I feel like it's a little hard to make because a part of it is like it needs to be super thick and oily. And a lot of people are always like, oh, I'm going to not like make it that thick. And it just ends up not being as good. So, because yeah, you got to have the, the right girdle and, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I tried I tried it homemade. No, never. Yeah, done. exactly. You got to go to ladies who do it <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. the little carts outside that would like walk around so it's great that you have like that slice of home while you're in LA but on like so coming from that so what do you think are the best things about both the states and Indonesia based on your current experiences yeah I think specifically for me LA is great in terms of um I have a lot of like songwriting sessions and I get to meet a lot of people in the industry and also a lot of people um, that I've made like became friends with online, which is really nice. Um, but definitely, you know, like Indonesia, I don't know, something that, like the people are just very, there's like a certain type of culture that I think we all have in Southeast Asia where it feels very homey and mm. everybody's just so nice. And also, oh my God, like I take this for granted, but in Indonesia, everything opens at 10 a.m. and everything closes at 10 a.m., which is really nice. But here it's like everything opens and closes at random times. And so you never know if you're like late to go somewhere or if you're like too early. So I don't know. That's one thing I think <laughs> we need to adopt from uh, Indonesian culture <laughs> that everything opens at the same time. Well, um, if you ever feel homesick, we would love for you to uh, do a concert here. I would yeah. uh, definitely go. I'm not the one to Yay. sanction it, but I'm sure you'll get invitations. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get invitations uh, uh, to perform in Indonesia. And yeah, thank you I'm so much, um, uh, Stephanie, for your time. All the best of luck. Sure. And um, uh, yeah, yep. good luck with the new releases and all that. And um, do check out Picture Myself, uh, Stephanie Putri's new single on yes. basically anywhere you can stream right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah thank you so much yeah thank you all right bye-bye okay bye, bye guys
All right, what a lovely chat with the equally lovely Stephanie Putri. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know about you, Sam, but I am craving a little martabak at the moment. I'm probably going to get some soon after we wrap up. And um, if you want to catch Stephanie's new single, Picture Myself, you can hear it from pretty much all the music streaming platforms. Well, yeah, I am going to give that dish a try. And yeah, guys, catch her music video as well. Like, it's really awesome. Catch it at, uh, on YouTube and practically everywhere where it's streaming. And yeah, we'll see you again next week. Same time, same place, same podcast. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership. Make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron or buy your fresh merch at the coconut shop at shop.coconuts.co. Advertise with our in-house agency Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash grove. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by our journalists on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Samantha Beltran and Andra Nasri. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez. And our editor is Rainer Lindh.